Welcome everyone to the 14th 1-4 edition of the Metabilis 2 podcast with me, Ben. And David. Fantastic. And we have a bit of a just a mishmash this week um, to talk about, I think. Yeah, I thought it would be good to pick up on some loose ends that we've come across. And then there's been some interesting news within the past week, too. So There has been. There has been. So we had exchanged text here a week or two back, but you had done some follow-up on Robert Smithson. Oh, Robert Smithson. And, and his, mirrors. And his, <laughs> And his um, incidents of mirror travel in the Yuc- in the Yucatan. Yeah. So um, I have been. I, I think, as we said, I think I have been able to establish that um, certainly Robert Smithson was traveling in Europe mm-hmm. round about the time that the that the Evil of Daleks was being repeated um, on the BBC. Excellent. And it's entirely possible that he was in Europe, possibly in London, um, mm-hmm. the previous year when mm-hmm. the show was first broadcast. Right. There is a Smithson archive. He, he as, as I'm sure all of you will know, he died tragically young at the age of 35. Yeah, in a plane in a, wreck. I, I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, in a plane wreck. Uh, and his wife, uh, who was also a, a, a very accomplished land artist, basically archived all of his work. And that archive is all available at, mm-hmm. ironically, the Smithsonian, <laughs> um, not named after him. And having reviewed the, uh, the boxes, I think there's, there's several, several uh, linear feet of boxes, um, uh, of archive boxes. There is, there right. is, there are several, there's several feet of business records mm-hmm. um, at the Smithsonian. And I'm certain that were, did I have the time and inclination to fly to Washington to visit mm-hmm. the Smithsonian, go to the Smithsonian archive and route through those business archive boxes, I could definitely establish his, uh, there'll probably be ticket stubs or invoices for right. um, plane tickets. And I could definitely establish whether he was in Europe, whether he was in London on let's say you know june the 15th 1968 mm-hmm. for the repeat for the repeat of episode mm-hmm. two of of evil of the daleks which of course um, ironically mm-hmm. is also the only episode that we have to watch of that <laughs> um of that great uh, of that great series and we do get a glimpse into the mirrored room uh, where where where, uh, where time travel was taking place right. as invented so it's entirely possible and, and the only reason why i'm continuing to obsess about this right is <laughs> Is that Robert Smithson loved science fiction? Right. Um, he had a huge collection of science fiction paperbacks. Was an avid reader of, I guess, what was then still is now classic science fiction, and also some elements of new wave sci-fi right. from the sixties right, right. se- from, from, from the sixties mm-hmm. and seventies. And he was an avid consumer of pulp cinema mm-hmm. as well. He loved sci-fi cinema. So, so had he been near a television set? On June fifteenth, nineteen sixty-eight, in London, he would have watched mm-hmm. Doctor Who, because that's the kind of thing that he did to right. relax. I find it extremely unlikely um, that David Whittaker um, knew even of the existence of Robert mm-hmm. Smithson. So I don't think that the influence went the other way, and also actually the works that he started to make using mirrors as a metaphor for for time travel. The most famous series being the in the inc- incidents of um, of travel mm-hmm. in in the Yucatan. This um, this piece that he made in in, in Mexico in nineteen sixty nine. So there is, it's entirely possible, someone needs to go to the Robert Smithson archive and look at his mm-hmm. plane tickets for 1968. Um, I'm not going to do that <laughs> right now. Maybe I'll do that sometime in the future and write a short article on it, which will be my epitaph. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> the other possibility is that both he and David Whitaker pulled from the same common source material. That is true. And having spent a little bit of time just kind of Googling mirrors and time travel, I can't really find anything mm -hmm. else that references mirrors and time travel. Unless you've been able to find something, David. No, I haven't done an exhaustive research, but in the About Time series. Oh, really? They do have at least an article referenced that uh, Philip Sandifer referenced in his write-up of The Evil of the Dalek, mentioning yeah. the alchemical influences of David Whitaker and how the science of time travel with mirrors and image makes no sense at all unless you do the, the alchemical interpretation of that science and yeah and yeah. so it's possible it's, it's certainly possible i mean smithson was interested in in, in concepts of of alchemy mm -hmm. i mean i know very little bit about alchemy um and i've not come across mirrors i think time travel is kind of an abstruse concept I think it's relatively recently, um, in the last you know, 100, 150 years, that something like time travel was able to be conceived right. of. Uh, I think it actually, it's actually pretty much impossible, very, very mm -hmm. unlikely that anyone in the late, uh, late Middle Ages, early modern era... Well, we didn't even have the concept of time being different in different spaces. Exactly. Exactly. This idea that time was something mm -hmm. mutable that you can kind of travel backwards and forwards mm -hmm. in really wasn't something that people people could conceive right. of. So I think it's, it's, it's actually very unlikely that there was mm -hmm. you know, there is some kind of, you know, base alchemical right. text that talks about traveling right. through time using mirrors. So anyway, um, to be continued, I will continue to, to noodle away at this and see. And again, if I ever find myself in Washington with a spare day, I'll go and have a look Excellent. at the boxes. All right. To Super. be continued at some to be continued. later point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> time travel. So the next big thing that we had, I guess, we had a trailer drop for the Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do we think about that? So let's see. The name of the tr title is what? The Return of Dr. Mysterio? Mysterio. The, isn't that the Spanish? It's the Mexican. Isn't that what Dr. Who right, is called I believe in it's, somewhere where they speak Spanish? Mexico, yeah, Mexico I believe. It's the Mexican. Dr. Mysterio is the Mexican name for Doctor Who so that is yeah. of interest itself and um, listening to both Moffat and uh, Capaldi talk about this serial that's coming up they are both big fans of the original Christopher Reeve Superman movie and so that's what they're trying right. to emulate with right. this serial so right right um, I'm not a big fan of that movie, <laughs> uh, and I'm also not a big fan of superheroes. Mm. So this didn't really this isn't, mm -hmm. isn't really exciting me at all. In mm -hmm. fact, it's actually making me feel really scared and anxious to see what Moffat is going to do with with introducing superheroes into our beloved Doctor Who universe. I mean, I've got no problem with the introduction of the concept of kind of superhumans. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, Doctor Who has dealt with superhumans, you know, uh, in the past uh, on, on many levels. Right. What concerns me is is actually the American concerns. Well, I don't know what 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 possibly could be a source of an annoyance to me is the introduction of the American style comic book style mm. costume superhero, which is something I have a, a temperamental aversion to. Well, to assuage your fears, the uh, superhero is being played by a Canadian, so that all will be well. <laughs> 
<laughs> Oot. Yeah, so try and do a Canadian. <laughs> It'll be, and of course, as, as as again as we all know, British people are, are entirely unable to tell the difference between Canadians and Americans. Mm-hmm. So he'll be treated as an American, though all you lot over here will be like, hey, "It's a Canadian. What's going on?" Well, I believe wasn't Shatner born in Canada too? Uh, Shatner is a Canadian. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but and... all the. All the, all the wonderful American voices that, that I remember from my youth, you know, in, in Jerry Anderson shows, mm-hmm. all Canadians. They're all Canadians. It's all Canadian. Canada, Canada, Canada. Yeah. What do you think of Matt Lucas returning as Nardle? That was a character that everyone was clamoring to have returned, really? wasn't it? No, I'm absolutely <laughs> deadpanning dead dead joking. Um, I mean, I like Matt Lucas. He's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. I think Little Britain reintroduced the majesty of Tom Baker to the British public. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved him on the various Reeves and Mortimer quiz shows um, as George Dawes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nardlo is like a Moffat comedy character. Mm-hmm. So uh, I not very funny. Akin to Strax. Akin to Strax, exactly. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, with a bald head um, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Very, very akin to Strax. It's a Moffat comedy character which I think we're told that we love and are desperate to have return. I didn't really care much for David Walliams's take on his particular yeah. alien species. I can't even remember their names now. The one with the little sharp teeth, the ones who, ones who are frightened all the time. So I don't know. Yeah, I really liked the last Christmas. Okay. Yeah, I really liked the one where they almost got rid of Clara, which I think they should have done, <laughs> but they didn't. With the face-hugging crabs. With the face-hugging crabs. Mm-hmm. It's almost actually, if um, Christmas is the way that uh, Moffat is treating the, these Christmas episodes, is in some ways it's almost like a JNT. It's a chance to introduce these sitcom stars mm-hmm. or comedy stars into the Doctor Who universe, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I think is fine. I think it's fine for Christmas. Uh, I have a lot of affection for the, what is now apparently a tradition that we all love, which is... Um, uh, the Doctor Who Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. One of the things that again I I miss when I spend Christmas in oh, the holidays. If I spend the holidays in the United States, is Christmas telly. Because right. Christmas telly in the UK is absolutely huge. Because Christmas, Great Britain lost the war against Christmas, and Christmas <laughs> won. Um, <laughs> and there's a huge dead weight that kind of. <laughs> falls across the country <laughs> mainly because everyone gets time off right i'm always kind of amazed in 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 the united states where you just get christmas day off what the hell's all that about you, you get christmas eve off you get christmas day off you get boxing day mm-hmm. after christmas off and then by and large you get the time between boxing day and new year's off as well mm. and that's how britain that's how, that's how <laughs> we roll that's how we roll. So you occupy that time with uh, holiday specials holiday specials <laughs> holiday specials holiday specials I've take I've said a lot about this trailer and superheroes. Mm-hmm. David, what did you think? Well, I'm not really concerned. It's a Christmas special. Yeah, I'm not, when I say concerned, I mean just mm-hmm. like vaguely irritated. Oh. <laughs> I try to reserve judgment and really to form opinions on the episode based on a production trailer. So I think it was something for true. something for New York Comic Con. I like the idea of clowning around, I guess, on Christmas and having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I don't think we need a serious thing. I'm really glad we don't have a regeneration of Capaldi this Christmas. Of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, so. definitely. No, and I think, you know, we, we were obviously able to give Who some, 
some latitude at Christmas to have to, to have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like superheroes. I well, I don't like costume superheroes right. at all. I think they are kind of idiotic, really. So if we treat them in that way, mm-hmm. then that will that will please me. But if we do do a kind of Christopher Reeve style, you know, it's Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what is you know, well, Superman is kind of silly. The only thing that will excite me about the Christmas episode, if is if it's if it marks the return of the mutants <laughs> and the, the the amazing superhuman lifestyle life cycle of the inhabitants of the planet Solos. So you're looking for Kai's return, epic return, I, <laughs> epic return of Kai exactly <laughs> as a superhuman and with some mutants, mutants scuttling around in New York. That'd be brilliant, like in the in the sewers yeah. or wherever whatever they have in New York. You know the underground bits. That would be very weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's my Christmas episode with superhumans. Okay. Exactly. Well, it's yeah. That could be yep. possible. We have a classic series Doctor Who writer coming back in this next series. We do. Yeah. Now, that this is, news. This is, this is the rumor. Well, yeah. it's more than a rumor. Moffat announced it at New York Comic Con, but he did yeah. not say who it was. Okay. Let's run down some names. All right. So I've been doing a little speculation on this. Excellent. And going back, our most recent classic Who show, and I'm, I have skipped over the TV movie because I don't categorize it in my own mind as classic Who. So Right. Right. Good it could be a, It could be the writer from the 1996 movie. I don't think so. I, would, I doubt it. I think that would be a, a stretch of classic, but... Um, the way BBC Worldwide markets or BBC markets the Doctor Who series, it definitely would fall within classic. So that's a possibility, yep. although I don't think it is. Yeah. So survival. Yes. Rona Munro. Uh-huh. She's uh, currently an active playwright. She is. She's uh, late fifties, so she's still working. Still, still able to write. And she's yep. Scottish. Oh, I. <laughs> She is. So she's active in the theater. She's not really active right now in television. Has she not expressed an interest? I seem to remember reading somewhere that she actually said that she'd be up for it mm-hmm. if someone asked her. I think she is a possibility. She's, I think, I think a she's strong definitely possibility. A possibility. And yep. then yep. going back a little bit further, we have Eve. And can, can, we, can, can we just say how much we like Survival as well? I we think, think she would be an excellent, really excellent writer yeah. to bring back. And I think. It, and she's a woman. Everyone's saying there's not enough women who write for who, which is correct. So ticks a box for. Moffat. Yeah. She yeah. is a distinct possibility. Uh, right. Going a little bit further back, we have Ian Briggs. Yeah. Who did Curse of Fenrix. From what I can tell, he's not currently writing, so I do not think he's a, a strong contender. I think he's a very, very, I think he's not a strong contender right. at all. You are correct. So we have Ghostlight and Battlefield, so Mark Platt and Ben Aronovich. Mark Platt's still churning him out for big a big finish, finish so and he's, so he's definitely is up for it. Ben Aronovich, but Moffat, I think, likes hiring TV writers, not radio or audio writers. So, and I can—I don't think there have been any writers um, to speak of who have written for Big Finish mm-hmm. and for and for the TV. So I—he's a snob like that. Well, I—I I don't think that either Platt or Aronovich are going to be of the caliber or the type of writer that Moffat is looking for. So I don't think either of those gentlemen would be. Absolutely. Up for it. Again, um, I think you are correct. Then we have the author of uh, Paradise Towers and Greatest Show in the Galaxy, Stephen Wyatt. He's in his late 60s. Late 60s, okay. He okay. La- most recently did something in 2014 for BBC Radio, so yeah, possibly, but I don't think so. 
I don't think so at all. I mean, those weren't very effective televisual stories. Right. I don't think he's he, he, he's got the uh, probably someone not enough of the modernity that Moffat would be looking for. Right. And Kevin Clark, who did Silver Nemesis, I think is a non-starter, and he hasn't produced anything for nine years. So yeah, he was like one and done. Basically, yeah. On and then yeah. same thing for Graham Curry. I can't. I think he's still um, alive, but he's not done anything with television since um, Happiness Patrol and. 1988 so i think so now the next author malcolm cole he's in his early 60s he's been on television he had television produced in 2014 uh you know the delta and abandonment author yeah yeah. i don't think he's likely as a what was the the script that he had that he produced in 2014 can you remember uh south african tv series called saf3 um 2013 2014 where he was an executive producer He's left the right. So I think he's moved on. Yes, yes. Okay, and then next kind of jumping Mm -hmm. down, we have Pip and Jane Baker. (laughs) One of them's uh, dead, though. Jane died in 2014, and I don't believe Pip has done any TV writing since the 90s. So which is which is good. I doubt that. Right. Right. (laughs) Dodgeable there. Mind Warp author uh, Philip Martin. He's seventy-seven. He's done some big finish yes. work. He was on writing for television as recently as two thousand seven. I don't think he's a strong contender. Really, you at don't all. think that um, you know, his involvement with Sapphire and Steel and stuff like that would mm. would kind of endear him to Moffat? I think he is retired, and I don't think he is a big enough name that would warrant Moffat trying to recruit him out of retirement. Right. Interesting. I mean, so you think you 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 you're seeing this this writing thing as a as a as a piece of publicity as well. Well, they certainly are rolling it out as publicity. Moffat teases that there's a classic series writer coming back for the first time in new who doesn't say who right, it is. Right. So it's being used to build up buzz right. and Well, we're certainly buzzing about it, aren't we? Well, it's uh, interesting to me. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So we have Eric Sayward, but he's he's in his early seventies, writing radio dramas for German radio. In German, um, I what I would assume so. Blimey. wow, that's a funny thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I think he came back for the Target cover gallery opening with uh, Moffat, and so they've been in recent contact with one another. Oh God, maybe he's going to be Sayward. So. That I think it is a possibility. Now, the things that are against it are he's not done really much with Doctor Who since his time as script editor. He's done one big finish short trip story, and that's it. He certainly would attract a classic Who audience of JNT yeah, era. Yeah. But he's he's kind of a Marmite writer. He's definitely a Marmite writer. Yeah, people hate him. There are people who like him and there is people who just Yeah, yeah. that's me. I mean I love Marmite, but I don't like Eric Sword mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he along with uh, Rona Monroe are two I think contenders. And I think again, I mean just thinking about, you know, sort of trailing and trailing this and announcing this at the New mm-hmm. York Comic Con. Um, mm-hmm. So it would have to be a writer who, you know, American fans would be like, oh, wow, yes, that. Yeah, potentially. Don't you think? I mean, I think Saul no, would I think... that better than Monroe. Mm, yes, but it's being teased, and it's a classic Who writer. And Monroe, I think she's a better writer, and I think Moffat looks for yeah, better writers. Yeah. So that's that's enough on yes, Sayward, Eric yeah, Sayward. Yeah, that is enough, yeah. And then so we have... 
Time Lash author <laughs> Glenn McCoy. Time Lash, and I, I think I think we're we're putting author in kind of air quotes there, there aren't we? <laughs> well, it could have been production that too. That era certainly had a lot it of production did. problems. And if you look at Time Lash as a piece of written work, it's pretty bog standard Doctor yeah. Who story. There's nothing uh, that makes it stand out. There's nothing that really is terribly bad with it. It was where they dropped the ball was on execution. Right. So it was, a, it was a production problem. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm being unfair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, he's in his early 60s. He's written for TV uh, around 2000 on East Enders. So I'm not sure if he's active right, right now. Right. And plus, I really don't know if he, Moffat, would risk. Yes, we're bringing back oh, the yes. author of Time Lash, DVD everyone. sales of Time Lash, like, <laughs> rocket. It's number one in the charts. People are desperate to find out. Oh, yeah. Mm, so, mm, yeah, maybe. No, I don't think so. Okay. Who else do we have? And then we have Christopher Hamilton Bidney. Christopher Hamilton Bidney. With Frontios Lagopoulos Castrovelva. He's in his right. mid-70s. He hasn't written fiction in right. rules. I really don't think he is going to be the one. I don't think he's going to be the one either. Much as actually, I would actually kind of enjoy having him back. But I, yes, I yeah. think you're right. And he's been loosely associated with Big Finish giving them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of the... Kit he's, Peddler. He's the, he's the Kit Peddler of this, whatever Kit Peddler of Big, a big finish. finish. Yeah. Kit yeah. Peddler. Yeah. Kit Peddler. And then uh, we have uh, Eric Pringle of The Awakening. Mm. He's in his early 80s. Yeah, he's... Uh, hasn't done anything since 2001 on BBC Radio. Uh, he's I... a long shot. He's not a long it. shot. I'm not putting money on him, I'm afraid. And then we come to Terrence Dick's last bit of writing for the series in The Five Doctors. And Uncle Terry is early 80s, but he is probably the biggest impact writer, the biggest name probably who's still a potential. But I think he is firmly ensconced in retirement. From what I, from what, I mean, I think there was that big, there was that big two-part, was it a two-part interview? Where there was a big interview with him in Doctor Who, Who magazine mm-hmm. maybe a year ago. Yes, and yes. he sounded pretty damn retired to me. And, right. also, and also, I mean, I was going to say knowing Terry, but I don't know him at all. He's quite a person. He's, he's one of those people, like, if he says he's retired, he's bloody well retired. Right. So unless the BBC somehow came up with a pile of cash, and the only way that I can think that they could have come up with a pile of cash to entice Terrence Dix out of retirement would be with BBC America, and Terrence Dix certainly would have cachet with oh classic Doctor Who fans if he was writing writing once again for Doctor Who, new Doctor Who, but I just think it's a long shot. I would put those odds maybe 100 to 1. And actually, you know, I mean, and again, I mean, knowing Terry, and of course I don't know him at all, um, he, he's <laughs> not really an in-it-for-the-money kind of guy either. Um, you know, he. I mean, I can certainly see Terrence Dix turning around like, so, yeah, yeah, okay, you're going to offer me a million dollars. I don't want a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's green. I don't care. Green. Green is the color, color of money. <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's just not that kind of guy. You know, right. he's like an, an awesome kind of ornery old man is what he is right. now, which is brilliant. I think he's happily retired. Very happily retired. Mm-hmm. Long may he may be continue to be an amazing person. And I just do not think he would want it. Well, first off, he's retired. But then why... Why stake your reputation on New Who when you really have nothing more to prove? I think that's the other reason. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, how is he going to be better regarded? He's already, you know, the, one mm-hmm. of the greatest 
instigators of who? It's sort of like Neil Gaiman. For good or ill, Doctor's Wife was well-received. If he would have just left it at that, I think he would have been... Yeah. It, was, it would be always leave your audience wanting more, but now after Nightmare and Silver, people are going, yeah. Don't want him back. Yeah. Don't want him back. Yeah. So yeah. I... I really think Terrence Dix would be an enormous long shot. Yeah. And then Barbara Clegg, our other female writer from the classic era of Enlightenment, she is mostly retired. She's done a little bit of work giving kind of script outlines for Big Finish that Mark Platt then turned into a drama, but don't see it. Yeah, I don't see that either. I liked her writing. I really like Enlightenment. I think it, yeah, I like it, I, it is my favorite Fifth Doctor story. Really but, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can touch on that another time. But we could. Hmm. Yeah. So I think she's very creative, but I just don't see her coming out of retirement to write for New Who. No, no, you're right. I think you're correct. And so that brings up Stephen Gallagher. And I think Stephen Gallagher, writer of Terminus and of Warrior's Gate. Warrior's Gate, mm is my number one candidate. Really? He's in his early 60s. Not that old. He just wrote The Legacy, which was a two-part story for season 16 of BBC's Silent Witness drama series. Right, right. And it was the best drama winner in 2014 in European Science TV and New Media Awards. So he's an award-winning writer. He's currently actively writing for television. He has a history of two stories of Doctor Who, Terminus, again, a story I think good ideas but lost in execution, and Warrior's Gate, which Fan is, which um, for a certain amount, a certain uh, group of fandom, that is, that is a, a top story, very, yeah. right. very highly regarded. So by, yeah. mm-hmm. I think, personally, I think it's going to be Stephen Gallagher. That is my, looking at resumes, I think it most likely to be Stephen Gallagher. Hmm. You know, two years ago, won awards, still active in the business, not retired. Right, right. Writing good drama. Right. This is this is the type of writer that Stephen Moffat likes bringing on into the stable. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I'm, I mean, I am a little bit concerned when you re- you reveal to me that Moffat and Sawwood had met <laughs> recently, because I mean, that's the kind of thing where like they get together in some kind mm-hmm. of weird way. They start, they kind of get on well with each other. I don't know why mm-hmm. that would be, but may- maybe they did. Eric pitches an and idea, then, and then Eric says, "Why don't we bring mm-hmm. back Lytton and some mercenaries?" <laughs> uh, and, and well, and, Maurice Colburn is passed on. Well, we, so can that... have, we can have him regenerate. He's a time lord. <laughs> He's a secret Ooh. time lord, and it's to regenerate, and blah 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 blah. And Moffat yeah, goes, so. "Yes, that is awesome. We'll do that." Um, I mm-hmm. I like I'd love to see Gallagher back. I mean, I think he's mm-hmm. a very intelligent writer, and I think even though you know one one slightly mm-hmm. turns against Warriors Gate because it is so regarded by a particular kind of you know very. Um, I don't know, pretentious fan. Um, it is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I'm one of those pretentious fans. Pretentious fan. <laughs> um, I actually kind of prefer Terminus because it's just kind of, what mm. the hell's going on here? Okay. Got a couple names left. Oh, yes. So unless we, unless we want to dwell on Gallagher. No, we don't. We don't. But okay, okay. carry on. Christopher Bailey, yep. Kinda and Snake Dance. Nothing since Snake Dance. He's an academic right now. I just don't see it. And again, again, wasn't, wasn't there, a, again, I'm just re- remembering my Doctor Who magazines, wasn't mm-hmm. there like a kind of a, a kind of an investigative journalism piece where they were t- like just trying to find the guy um, and then <laughs> Yeah, he him. did consent to be interviewed. Exactly. So, so yeah, I think he's, so he, no, he's not writing. So the last one on my list, I went back to, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. 
She never wrote for the yes, classic she did. series. No, she didn't. She no, she didn't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. All right. So Andrew Smith, yes, full circle. Andrew Smith, yep. Retired from the police and in his mid-50s, writing for Big Finish. I think he would be a fan favorite, but I don't know if he's seasoned enough of a writer for Moffat to bring back. I think, I mean, I think Moffat is quite snobbish about writers. Um, mm. And I, 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 yes, I think you're exactly right. So I, I think I, Andrew Smith is, I think, I think Moffat would view was, too much of an amateur. still view him as an amateur, exactly, which of course he right. always was. But I mean, he did a very good job with Full, mm-hmm. with full Circle and he's continued mm-hmm. to do a good job for Big Finish. So. With Big Finish, excellent job. Yeah. So, yeah. Of those candidates, I would give, you know, and Andrew Smith, potential. Uh, Stephen Gallagher is who I think it actually is. And then we have Terrence Dix, which I think is a name, a huge long shot, but probably unlikely. Mm-hmm. Eric Sayward, just because of his connection to the show and having most recently met Moffat, having written several important stories in Who Canon. Right. And then Ronan Monroe, our last writer, mm-hmm. to have written for the classics BBC-produced series. So right. of of those, I would put my money on Gallagher, and I'd hedge my bet with Monroe. I would, I would concur. I was going to say, would you, would you, would you care to make it indes- in- interesting, and we could put, we could actually put some money on it. Um, but I think we basically, we basically both agree. So um, yeah, I, 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 and actually, I would love to see both Gallagher and Monroe write again for Absolutely. the show, and I would be happy with both of them. Mm-hmm. I would be very unhappy if Sword got a bite on it because I don't think, I don't think he'd do a good job. I think it's he's a long shot because he hasn't written for television since his script writing days, yeah. and he's written for radio, and like you said. Moffat can be a bit of an elitist. He is a bit of an elitist, which, in, which, which, which you know, in some ways serves him well. Well, let's look mm-hmm. forward. Do, do we have any idea of when this actually will be revealed? No, well, don't have an idea, but they have uh, announced the writers. Uh, let's see, writers so far was uh, Frank Cottrell Boyce, ooh, who did In Forest ooh, of the Night. Okay. We have Sarah Dollard returning, Face the Raven. Okay, yeah. And we have Mark, Mark Gatiss again. Got to have the Gators in there. And uh, a new new writer to who? Mike Bartlett. And he's written Dr. Foster. Dr. Foster. Don't know Dr. Foster, I'm afraid. No, nope, neither do I. Yeah. It's so those like are something, the, yeah, it's, it's one of those medical problems. Yeah, so those it? are the announced writers along with, of course, Stephen Moffat himself mm-hmm. for Series 10. But it'd be interesting to see when the announcement for who the classic writer is and see if our research is correct yeah yeah <laughs> for you know for all we know they uncovered a david whitaker script that's been sitting in mothballs and just dusted it oh yeah that would be cool <laughs> with some with some with some with some time travel using mirrors there you go perfect <laughs> and static and static static time travel using mirrors awesome i i i'm very excited to find out who it is i'm actually you know and I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited i'm excited for the for, for next year's new series i think it'll be great yeah i really am we're looking forward to i it. am i missed it i mean there's been no who this year and and yeah. i i don't like that i don't like it when there's mm-hmm. no who i need my fix yeah even if i you know okay we of course we we love to hate it but you know we, we still need it it is actually yeah. like heroin in fact we're just hilarious aren't we it's, it's insane um should we call it a wrap let's call it a wrap because yeah I, I should probably get some shut eye all right you've been listening to the metabulous 2 episode 14 i've been david and i've been ben have a great evening have a wonderful wonderful evening all right good night <laughs> good night yeah
<laughs> Urin, I love it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Metabilis 2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, as a number two, at gmail.com or on Twitter at metabilis2. And again, that's a number two. Hope to hear from you. Bye.